Hello and welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast. I'm back from just a brief stint away and back for some serious racing action at HQ. We've got a glittering array of group races, group one races, a feature handicap, so much to get through, so much so that we're going to preview two of the main races, one group one and one major handicap, which is, of course, the Cambridgeshire race that we look forward to every year. So Ross Miller, Tom Collins back with me again and uh, looking forward to this weekend. Ross, first of all, just to touch on it, I know we're like creeping closer to the jump season, but even you must like the look of this weekend's racing. Yeah, pl- plenty of juvenile action, which is the sort of sector I enjoy the most. And I'm, uh, I've had a little look at the jumping, but I'm trying really hard to just wait for the jumping to come to me and not go chasing it. <laughs> like, I like I like what you did with that as well. Um, brilliant. Well, we'll get going. We've got the Middle Park, the Group 1, as the, the sort of the main feature race uh, for the juveniles. And uh, I just think looking at it on paper... Bar Little Big Bear, this is another absolutely classic renewal uh, with uh, the horses that we've got on offer. A representative from Aidan O'Brien, a representative from Charlie Appleby. But having said all of that, it's Marshman for Carl Burke and Clifford Lee that currently heads the betting around about nine to four. Three to one for Blackbeard, nine to two for Mischief Magic, Persian Force 11 to two, the Antarctic nine to one. The, the winner, a one-time winner, Zoology is 12 to 1 and the bigger prices for the rest of them. So, TC, I'll, I'll start with you first. Marshman at 94, right or wrong favourite for this race? I think the right favourite. Um, he ran excellently last time out in the gym crack. Prior to that, at first, he bolted up by eight and a half lengths, posting a sub 11 second sectional in doing so. Um, he looks a real up and coming sort for Carl Burke. And generally, I consider late September to be the time where you see these late blooming juveniles come to the fore. Those who were successful early in the season uh, tend to just be fallen off or tend to fall off or be surpassed by these late bloomers. Um, And actually, if you look back at the trends of this race, only once in the last 10 years has a horse who made their debut prior to May that they've won this race. And that was the last Lion who won the Brocklesby back in 2016. Now, Persian Force, a horse who I absolutely adore. I'm sure those people who have tuned into many SBK betting podcasts will know that by now. He tries to do the same thing as the last Lion did. But I think it's going to be a tough ask for him. Uh, Blackbeard is another who made his debut before May this year, as is the Antarctic. So just based on that trend, I'm willing to overlook those three, despite the fact I obviously love Persian Force and I will be celebrating if he does win. Um, and Marshman is one of the late bloomers in this race. He's only had three starts. I think he's already progressed into a potential Group 1 winner. Um, and last time out, he was beaten by Noble Style, who, in my opinion, is the best uh, Godolphin two-year-old right now. Um, he, I think he's third or fourth favourite for the 2,000 guineas for ne- next year. Um, Charlie Appleby will, will have a, a good handle on Marshman's form. He runs Mischief Magic in here, who would have been my second pick, the last off my shortlist. Um, but I think Marshman's proved that he's better than Mischief Managed. That's not to say he actually is more talented, but so far on the form alone, he has better credentials. Um, And on that basis, I'm willing to take a reasonably short price about this uh, favourite. And you'll be pleased to have seen Cole Case backing up that form, although it had to be gutsy, it had to be brave, but that was a good performance, wasn't it, Uh, to frank the form of the gym crack? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, he was miles back. He was four lengths behind Marshman. Uh, he still finished well. I think he was third, wasn't he? Um, Marshman was second. But, uh, yeah, it's good. always good to have form boosts, especially um, those who finish towards the front of the race rather than, you know, the eighth or ninth. So, yeah, there are very few negatives, I think, in here for Marshman. If he improves from that effort in the gym crack, then he's the one to beat. 
Yeah, interesting. Son of Harry Angel. I've been really impressed with them, Ross. They've, uh, they've. I think they've taken a bit of time to come to hand a little bit, but they're lovely looking sorts. And uh, at the back end of this season, they've really taken my eye. What are your impressions of Marshman? And, and do you, are you with or against Tom? Uh, I completely understand everything TC saying. I like Marshman. I think he's definitely talented. Um, but I think the market's got it the wrong way around, to be honest. Uh, he, he concerns me that... He's been very green. I think on his debut, he reared coming out of the stalls. Then Thirsk, he hung. Um, last time in the gym crack, he sort of hung. And he didn't know whether he wanted to hang left or right. Um, so I have slight reservations about him on this track in particular. I think you will get youngsters hanging hanging here, as we've, as we've seen through the season. Um, and, you know, the, the, the runner-up um, at, at Thirsk um, has been beaten off a marker 73 since. I, I just think, yes, he's got talent, but quite how he's 9-4 favourite doesn't make sense for me. Mischief Magic, I think, is really hard to assess and all-weather win last time. Won at long odds on the time before that. Um, his Goodwood win looked good, but uh, Supreme King has been well beaten since. Only finished fifth, I think, on his on his next start. But you have to counter that. Godolphin have a lot of ammunition. They'll have spread them out nicely. They'll, they'll know what they've got. Um, I'm quite surprised I'm saying this, actually, because at the start of the year, he's sort of talks I didn't particularly like with his antics. But I think Blackbeard's got the best form in the book. Um, he is a bit mad down at the start, but that seems to just be him. He relaxes beautifully in the race. You know, he just looks like he's going to be a mad tear away, and he doesn't. He sort of pops out the stalls, drops a bridle, travels along, looks thoroughly uncomplicated, looks a horse that Ryan Moore really likes, um, suits him. You know, he can get down, be positive with him. He beat Persian Force comfortably last time. I see no reason why that will be reversed. Um, and I think he's expectantly favourite. The fact he's not increases my sort of uh, appetite for him. I, I think he'll take a good one to, to pass him. And I think Marshman might just wander around a bit and you know Blackbeard will run straight. Yeah, interestingly, just a touch on that. Obviously, Newmarket can be quite a challenge for these horses running into the dip and having a lot of race experience on your side that Blackbeard does. Do you think he'll be happy to handle it and handle it better than some of these two-year-olds? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be his eighth start. At some point, this busy campaign is going to, going to catch up with him. He has had, I think it's virtually a month since his last run in France to to freshen up. Um, that's a slight, a slight niggle at the back of my head because at some point it will catch up and you know, you can be the best trainer or the worst trainer. You're only ever going to find out when they when they actually get on the racetrack and have to go into the red. Um, but yeah, plenty of experience, and I and I I like that against the makeup of this of this field. You know, the rest of them have, you know, perhaps not been to the trenches yet. Um, mm. Maybe Marshman will come forward for that experience at the gym crack. You know, maybe he was doing it all too easily before. But Blackbeard for me. Okay, Blackbeard for us, uh, TC with Marshman. I'm uh, going to go with TC's second selection, which is Mischief Magic. It is a really tricky race, but I just I feel like Charlie Appleby's juveniles are just an improving, improving. It must be incredibly difficult for him to separate them all. He has to take some to Woodbine just to just to give them all their opportunities, and it, they still win and they still bolt up. Mischief Magic, yes, he won a, a Serena Estates beating some fillies. But he, he was still very green. He still did everything wrong. And I think he's just learning and learning. He's probably not the best bred of all of the two-year-olds they have on offer. But I really like what he's done and how he's improving. And I like to take a chance on him for a, for, for a team that's just in, in cracking, cracking form. So 
around about 92 for me for Mischief Magic. So a pick from all of us um, in this race. So whoever you believe has got the best uh, profile going into this race is one for everyone, really. Um, but that's how wide open it is. And it's a great, great group one on Saturday. So that's the Jubmont Middle Park Stakes um, at three o'clock on Saturday. Um, the next race we're going to preview is the Cambridgeshire. And this is far much more of a lottery to, to go through a race that, uh, trainers connections have probably been targeting throughout all the season been stepping their way into we know that there have been there are definitely some horses have been targeting and been waiting for this this race uh, throughout the summer and uh, we've really got a bit of a William Haggis show in terms of a betting perspective uh, Mujtaba is um, the current market leader at five to one been given a draw of 16 which I think they'll be happy with a protagonist for the same yard eight to one and then savvy victory 10 to one 12 to one for for dual identity, 14 to 1 for Jimi Hendrix, uh, Electrical Storm for Sybean Saroyal, who won this race last year, and his stable mate first view, also 16 to 1. Um, we can delve out prices, but let's get into the thick of this. Um, uh, Ross, I'll come back to you and start with you first. A race I always like to try and work out. Sometimes I feel like the obvious ones are just too obvious, especially with weight that they've got to carry. I like to see sometimes a horse that can be held up, but it is the draw as important as we have seen it to be because they've always had to come from at least 20 and above in the in, over the last few years yeah you'd, you'd think so but i think that the, the draws on a number of tracks this summer where it's been so dry have not followed traditional trends so i've tried as much as possible just to to pick the horse i like and you know hope they get a bit of luck in running um, I think we've seen enough draws that have sort of been reversed on the head. I mean, Royal Ascot, for example, it changed day on day, didn't it? So um, I think you can waste a bit of energy worrying about where they're drawn and actually just try and hunker down on who you think is well handicapped and, and, and suited by the, the other conditions of the race. So I've come down on, on two at, at decent prices. Uh, the first one, I think named after TC, uh, the George Bowie train, totally charming. Um, <laughs> he's been a revelation since he's since he's moved to, to George um, and then got a, a very poor ride at, at Royal Ascot in the Royal Hunt Cup. Um, you know, poor Frankie Troy had a rotten week. I thought this was a ride that was as poor as any and slightly escaped the microscope. Um, he travelled beautifully down the centre of the track in the Royal Hunt Cup and then just after three followings out, inexplicably sort of drifted across to the far rail in behind a wall of horses. Um, never really got a run and was pushed out hands and heels to, I think, finish ninth, not beaten all that far uh, to add salt to the wound. The winner, Dark Shift, came from a position just behind where Totally Charming had raced before drifting drifting right. Um, so he's actually up a pound for that, but he's not run since. Now, I don't know if he's had a problem, whether he's been rested. He was definitely travelling as well as anything approaching two furlongs out. Couldn't get the gaps. Frankie perhaps was having a bit of a sulk that week, as we all know, and didn't really make a great, great effort once the race had gone. Um, he probably could have finished placed. So I think he's still unexposed, albeit off a pound higher mark for finishing ninth, which seems a bit, a bit harsh. Um, but George Barry's had a great season again. Uh, he's great at plotting his horses up and, and he sort of jumped out at me as being one that's not, not yet hit the ceiling of his, of his ability yet. Um, and then the other one that, sort of taken a while to get going is, is Kitsune Power. Um, he's finally putting it together. He was a good second uh, at Goodwood behind Ajero, who was just a really well handicapped horse. Um, and then he finally got in front at Beverly last time over 10 furlongs. Um, 
the fourth has, has run really well since. I think that race will work out nicely. Um, he drops back a furlong and trip, which perhaps isn't ideal because he does race a bit lazily and does all his good work late on. But they'll make this a test, I think, and he is fitted with first-time cheek pieces, which mm. might just negate that loss of a furlong. He might just race a little bit more exuberantly in the middle part of the race, which is where he sometimes can sort of give himself a bit too much to do. Um, I think he's been a horse they, they, they thought plenty of when they first had him um he's just taken a while to get going and i think he's perhaps now he's had that win he might just uh have grasped the idea of things and he's another one at, at a decent double figure price yeah eight 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 on his back as well lovely way roger varian's team just can't do anything wrong um this has also been a model of consistency i, I really like the profile kitsune power really interesting comes out as draw seven you are worried about the draw, uh, but Ross definitely isn't. And Totally Charming coming out of stall 15, um, which I think just is just about all right. Um, Tongue-tied fitted for the first time as well, being weighted with. Really interesting insight, um, I think, with that Frankie Tutori element. Uh, uh, one of the rides I hadn't really taken much look at, but yeah, you, you can look at that back and um, really um, think that maybe um, Frankie, it was just another off day in a race that's just worked out so well as well. So totally charming, um, around about 16 to 1, as is Kitsune Power. So nice prices for Ross Miller. TC, take me through your thinking for this race. Yeah, well, I'm paying a lot more attention to the draw than Ross is. Uh, as you've touched on, each of the last six winners have been drawn between stools 21 and 29. Um, and if you go back through those races, well, the only horse that's run into the top three from a single figure draw is very talented back in 2016. Uh, in my opinion, you want to be drawn high. Now, that's not to say a horse drawn low can win. Uh, can't win, sorry. If, if they do, then I just won't be getting any returns because I'll just definitely be playing uh, the high-drawn runners. Um, and that stat also encapsulates data from Cambridgeshire's that have been run on good to firm, good and good soft ground. So it's not just the same uh, going that we're looking at there. We've got a whole range, um, basically the range that we're looking forward to this Saturday, depending on what the weather does on Friday. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to write half the field off. Um, it's the lone drawn horses, even those drawn 15 or lower. Um, so I've just looked for the, those drawn high. And there's one at a big price that catches my attention. Um, you know, Mudge Tarver's at the head of the betting for William Haggis, but William Haggis just three from 37 in the last two weeks. Um, and also had a short price favourite beat in the Air Gold Cup. So I don't want to be going for him, despite his good draw and the fact he could be well handicapped. So the selection's going to be Perotto. Now, he's going to be a massive price. I don't know, 25 to 1, 33 to 1 um, for trainer Marcus Dragoning. He's a gelding now, um, and he hasn't won since winning the 2021 Britannia at Royal Ascot. He's had 11 starts since, um, and all but two of them have been in group or listed races. So he's been pitched at a higher level. He's generally struggled. You know, he's, he's not featured in any of those races. Um, and the last four efforts have come in small fields as well, races that have featured six or fewer runners, which for a horse who needs a strong gallop, um, as proven in the Britannia, to come off that strong gallop from out the back, that just wouldn't have suited the last four runs. So put a line through all of those efforts. He's now dropped down to a mark of 102, just three pounds higher than when he won the Britannia. I love the draw in Stool 20. I love the setup of this race. I'm sure he's going to get a fast pace to chase. And the booking of Billy Lee is the thing that was the, the big tick there. He's never ridden for Marcus Trigonin before. Now, obviously, he's coming over to Newmarket to ride Treasure Trove um, earlier on the card, I think, in the Chibi Park. Uh, so he's not come over for Perotto. But the fact he's been booked on Perotto is uh, definitely an interesting factor for me. So, you know, I'll take a big price in a race where you can make a case for plenty. But he's drawn well, Jess. Yes, he's drawn well. So we've got the stat man and the anti-stat man. You take your pick this week. Um, I, I, I look, Perotto's clearly a classy horse and they've probably been scratching their heads a little bit with him, but there's definitely 
there's definitely something like this in there, like a lot of these sources as well, that have probably been plotted with this campaign. And obviously, the last two years, we've had 40 to 1 winners of this race. And actually, we've only had a couple of favourites in the last 10 years. Um, so it, it does it does pay to look outside of the obvious. So um, we've got Proto there for TC, a horse that I think doesn't fit in this draw bias at all um, and is under the, the 15 threshold versus TC, isn't coming out of 13, but this is Savvy Victory. Ryan Moore um, jocked up uh, my selection purely because I think he's been earmarked for this race since he won at Goodwood. Uh, he's been nothing but progressive for Sean Woods. Uh, he's got a lovely weight um, on board. And I was hoping that they get a little bit more, um, in, uh, uh, excuse me, a slightly better draw than this. But he's been in taking his plunge and better graded races and holding his own. And I think that this is a, a proper a, a a race that which will be set up properly for him so i like savvy victory horse 15 um but i think there's a good case to be made for a lot of them and i've got a place selection that i'm going to come to after we get to our naps but before we do that why don't we get back to tc the stat man for a bit of a stat attack oh i love it jess um this is one for the jumps fans ross is going to be tuning in now um if you put one pound on every peter bowen trained runner at a market raisin in his career and obviously he's been training for a fair few years you'd have made a profit of 119 pounds 74 phenomenal uh, level stakes profit out of the track striking at 22 percent in his career as well 92 winners in that period so we've got a big uh, number big sample size to go off there he has two runners on Saturday's card at Market Raisin. La Mousse Legend runs in the 3.30. He's an uh, experienced horse, been running over the summer. And he's got a newcomer called Bobcat Fire in the closing bumper at 5.15. I think Bobcat Fire is going to struggle to beat the Milton Harris trainee um, in that race. But La Mousse Legend could be an interesting play in the 3.30 at a nice price. Brilliant. And by any chance, any of them ridden by one of their sons? Because they're in flying form at the moment as well. I believe Sean's on both, yeah. Brilliant. Well, even better. So Bowen weekend for the jumps uh, enthusiasts. Um, so thanks to uh, TC for our, our, our weekly dose of the stat attack. Um, now we can have a think about our nap of the week it can be anywhere on Saturday. And we'll also go into our place plays as well. But Ross, over to you for your bet of the week. Well, well, TC messaged me and said he was a bit worried about getting in trouble for going to the jumps for the stats. So I said, well, don't worry, TC, I'll, I'll go to the jumps for my nap as well. And they can't get cross <laughs> with both of us. So uh, the nap comes from the 405 at, at Market Raisin, uh, the Fergal O'Brien train, Castle Gandolfo. He's been a model of consistency over hurdles and on the flat this summer. Um, good course and distance form when beaten just a, a neck by Pisgah Pike. He gets a pound pull at the weights, which should be enough. But he's also got the impressive Jack Hogan claiming seven. Not had bags of experience since he's been uh, on these shores, but I think he rides really well. He's impressed me with what he's done. Seven pound claim. He's definitely value for that. The ground, the track, the trip should suit. He clearly likes the track. Um, I think he'll go go very well. Okay, right. Bit of jumps action. Um, we've uh, covered all bases. Um, so that's from Ross. Thanks to you, Ross. Um, TC, where have you found your nap from? Yeah, I'm going to Ripon for the nap, the Garden Racetrack, the 423, and a horse called Kincaid. Dual purpose performers Malakana and Tuvelo uh, will take money, as will top weight Emirati Hero, but he's just two from 20 in his career. He's super consistent, but just struggles to win. Um, so I really like Kincaid. This three year old ran a good race um, when he finished third to Mostly Cloudy in a hot saying handicap at Sandown in the summer. Now, Mostly Cloudy won that race off 65. Uh, he's subsequently won four times since or three times since now rated 98. So he's 33 pound higher, which just shows you how well handicapped he was that day. 
Uh, Kincaid ran third. The other horse that beat him was Moonlit Warrior, who's won in the interim. Form's working out really nicely. Kincaid was given a break after that and then ran again at Pontefract. Over two mile one furlong, step up in trip to prove his stamina. Went off hard from the front under an aggressive ride by Holly Doyle and stayed on powerfully to beat um, a stable companion in Nikki. I think it was a good effort in a deep race. This is a, a much weaker affair. And the fact he's only £5 higher should, uh, should suggest that Kincaid will get the job done here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he made all either. Well, a very convincing case there um, from TC for his bet of the week. So that is um, something to look forward to after we've got through a, a bit of new market. And that's what I'm going to go back to as well for another of the group ones, the Chibi Park Stakes. Um, Trillium might be a little bit obvious, but I still think there's at nine to four, that is value for a filly that has beaten the Platinum Queen and beat the Platinum Queen on soft ground. And I actually think she's going to get her perfect conditions um, on the, the weekend with a bit of good ground. Now she's done nothing wrong. Um, she is up against Meditate. He was beaten um, only a couple of weeks ago at the Curra, but Trillium has uh, got all the credentials to be the best filly in the country, um, the best juvenile filly in the country. She's so well thought of as the fastest that um, the uh, Richard Hannon team has got and I think she's just been slightly a little bit underestimated still at this price so Trillium for me um, as my nap selection on a brilliant weekend at Newmarket um, so that is our nap selections um, obviously um, we've also got place plays SBK has place only odds on all races so really got good opportunity um, to get involved from a place um, perspective and there's so much value around that I'm sure Ross this is right up your street this week well, I hope so, Jess. I've gone up to uh, Ripon for the 235, the nursery handicap. A uh, horse that went into my notebook on their second run, uh, Love 15. She finished third at uh, Ripon, coming from a long way back in a race where everything that finished prominently had raced prominently throughout. It was quite an eye-catching run. She's followed that up. She's yet, she's yet to get a win. She ran very well on nursery debut, went up to seven furlongs then dropped back to six furlongs for a sales race, which I, I guess they had to race for the money. It's a, an appealing target, but she was never going to be suited by that sort of test. She now steps up to a mile. She's by Havana Gray, but there's plenty of stamina hope on her damn side. Um, I think she got off a decent price, and I think she's certainly capable of hitting the frame, if not a bit better. Okay, brilliant. Thanks for that, Ross. So we've got more um, bit of place play uh, value around, and hopefully TC has got one for us too. Yeah, hopefully. Um, though I was kind of about to push this as a second nap, um, which is uh, because I love this horse. I mean, I'm going to the well again on this on this colt, which is three Yorkshiremen in the 250 at Chester. Now, I said, I think it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago uh, when he last ran, um, that this horse was my biggest eye catcher coming out of York's Ebor Festival when he finished 10th in the Convivial Maiden after racing against the bias and suffering uh, numerous counts of interference in that race. He stayed on powerfully in the closing stages. He ran at first in a hot novice event. And in that podcast where we previewed uh, that race, I also mentioned a stat attack where Kyle Burke had a first-time starter in the race, who eventually ended up beating three Yorkshiremen, which wasn't ideal. Um, three Yorkshiremen still ran a really good race back in third. Uh, he was soft ground that day. He broke a bit slowly and he was held up, which wasn't ideal because you wanted to kind of be towards the front. Uh, horses out the back just didn't really feature. Nevertheless, he finished, I think, half a length behind Carl Burke's first-time starter, um, and he was about six lengths clear of the four. So he ran a good race no matter what. Now he goes to Chester in a, in a nursery, which I think is uh, the most interesting part of this. He gets to run off a handicap mark of 77, which I think is perfectly lenient uh, given what he's done today. I don't think the handicap will watch back the convivial maiden uh, because he looked a lot better than a horse rate of 77 that day. He's drawn nicely in, in stall three. Um, 
Now, there's no guarantee he's going to handle the turns or the topography of Chester, which is the one uh, question mark on why he's the place play and not the best bet of the week. Uh, but I think he's going to run an excellent race against horses that you know are more proven, potentially they're winners as well. So they're going to take more money and three Yorkshiremen might be overlooked in the market. Okay, so keeping our faith in three Yorkshiremen for TC, not not giving up on him yet at all. Um, so another favourite from TC runs this weekend um, and uh, a good bit of place value, we hope, as well. My place selection, I nearly could have chosen as my uh, selection for the Cambridgeshire itself. And this is Brilliant Light, one of four for Sidebean Surah in the Cambridgeshire. I think he's really targeted this race, a race he won last year. Um, he hasn't been running a huge amount of horses, but he's really placing them well when he does he's running at a extremely impressive strike rate at the moment brilliant light drawn in 23 you can forgive him for his last run they went no gallop at yarmouth uh, i think he was very unlucky at good with the time before where he was repeatedly short of room the only question mark is that he actually is stepping down and trip he's never run over one mile one furlong but i think he's a horse that if they go a good clip which i imagine they will do he'll be really suited by the pace of the race um and dougie costello on board and he's around 25 to 1 which is a good price indeed for the trainer who won this last year so that is it plenty on this weekend really i know that we have in the past said that some of the Saturday racing has lacked a bit of competitiveness, has lacked a little bit of oomph, but this weekend really has got everything um, that we were looking for from a betting perspective. So make sure to bet with SBK. Um, a reminder that new SBK customers can get £30 in free bets by depositing £10. Don't, for, don't forget to subscribe to whatever podcast channel you listen to at this stage. It could be YouTube. It could be Spotify, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and make sure to also have a listen to our podcast podcast content as well as sbk ambassador content too so thank you as ever to tc and to ross and we will see you next week